welcome to Turn the Page, the official podcast of the Syosset Public Library. Welcome to Syosset Library's Turn the Page podcast. I am here with an author who I um, last interviewed um, sometime in February of 2020. And uh, we we all know what happened in March of 2020. And the interesting thing is, um, so what was the name? Of, uh, uh, please remind me, the last book we interviewed about um, was... The Antidote, the Antidote for, everything. for Everything. It took me a second. Yes, that was a great book. But I do recall you had mentioned that your next book is a pandemic book. Um, and, and here we are talking about it. So please introduce yourselves. Yourselves. Man, this is this is a great morning. Please introduce yourself and uh, tell us about Doctors and Friends. Yeah, well, so sometimes I do feel like I am more than one person, so that's fine. Uh, my name is Kimmery Martin, um, and I am an emergency medicine doctor turned novelist and the author of three works of medical fiction now, um, The Queen of Hearts, The Antidote for Everything, and my latest novel, which is called Doctors and Friends, and it just released in paperback after the hardcover release last year. I recall seeing that it released in hardcover last year and I felt a little bad that I missed out on that. Um, and now here we go again. So I, I can actually chat with you about it. So this book was written pre pandemic and it is about um, a few friends that are doctors, as you might imagine from the title. Um, they're all different types of doctors. They knew each other in medical school. They're all dealing with their own thing, as we all are. And um, a pandemic, the um, atriovirus uh, hits and things spiral from there. Were you like, so first of all, when did you start writing this book? Well, I had the, the original idea for it in 2018 and I started researching it, drafting it, and sold it to the publisher in 2019. Um, so although it seems like you probably should be able to blame me for our real life predicament, you cannot. <laughs> although I am sorry, <laughs> anyway, that it happened. Um, so yeah, I had the, the uh, in retrospect, terrible idea to write about a pandemic, pre-pandemic. And I, I went through a lot of iterations about, you know, should this be a real virus? Should it be an invented virus? I ultimately settled on an invented virus because I didn't want to confuse people about what was real and what was, you know, creative license. So I kind of wanted this virus that would combine the hemorrhagic nature of Ebola with the, um, you know, pulmonary devastation of certain forms of influenza and the transmissibility of measles. And I decided to call it the RDO virus. I was crowdsourcing this. I, I, I read that completely wrong. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, it's made up, so it can be, you can pronounce it however you like. I, um, I mixed up my R and my T. <laughs> well, so it actually, there is a reason for that name. I, um, it wasn't completely random. I was crowdsourcing this big group of infectious disease doctors and epidemiologists and virologists when I was researching the book. 
and I needed a vector for the fictional virus. Um, as we know, you know, probably bats were maybe involved with coronavirus. And in my fictional virus, we decided that the vector was going to be camels, which actually can transmit diseases to humans. And they are part of a class of animals, um, hooved animals um, that has RDO something in their species or genus name or something. And so that's where that name came from. One of my consultants suggested camels, and I thought, oh, that's a great idea because the patient zero is from, is traveling through Morocco, um, where I went to research the book. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um, wow. Well, uh, apologies to all camels out there, but camel yes. in this book, camels are the new bats. Uh, there, even though I think camels are adorable and bats, I'm I'm a I'm a fan of of animals. But um, so you know, when so first of all, like I, I think one of the things that I've loved about this book and also just like reading some of the reception is a lot of people are saying things like, I thought, oh no, a pandemic book. But then when I read this, it was almost therapeutic. You know, there was so much um, uncertainty and I knew people who worked in the medical field during this time and it was very rough. Um, and, you know, in, in a way, it was almost like, just like, this appreciation of people on the front line from somebody who isn't, you know, reading and, and you know, really like giving lives to them and giving them, you know, full lives while the world is falling apart. Um, you know, you have like, um, like Hannah, for instance, who dealt with fertility issues, which is really upsetting in general um and then all of a sudden like hey guess what things are actually working out there but the world is falling apart like as a mom that totally hit me really really hard because i i mean i remember being like sitting there with my kids and being like oh man i am so sorry that this is your life um and then she's also you know she works in the medical um field and then you know um uh, Kira is a mom, but she's an epidemiologist. And then, um, you know, Compton's an ER doctor. And that was like a whole new, almost like a war zone. Um, so like the three characters that um, were the main focus of the book and the different points of view, um, how did you work on making them all distinct voices? Yeah, that's something I had to learn to do um, as a novelist. You know, you have a tendency to kind of assign everybody your own voice in the beginning. And I will say it was a bit more natural for me to write the character of Compton, having been an ER doctor myself. Um, and then you have Hannah, who's who's incredibly sweet and patient. And that one for me was all kinds of difficult <laughs> to write because I am none of those things. Um, but, you know, I I felt like these characters were fairly distinctive in their personalities and that made it easier. Um, you know, as an author, you really just sort of immerse yourself in whatever you're writing from that character's point of view and, and it starts to become more natural to think like them. So Compton's pretty hard charging with a, a sort of hidden soft interior. Um, she's a little bit saltier. <laughs> um, Kira is very logical, kind of dryly funny, um, very sensible and pragmatic and mechanical almost and, and just fiercely intelligent. 
Hannah is, is softer and maternal. And ironically, since she's devoted her entire life to delivering other people's babies, she's suffered with infertility and then finds out that she's pregnant right at the yeah. of this, <laughs> this new worldwide pandemic. Yeah. So we had to actually debate whether or not to publish the book, given that it wasn't going to come out until mid-2021. And my editor said, finally, you know, what if you shift the perspective of the book from being just from this one infectious disease, Dr. Akira, um, to being showing the perspective of some other kinds of physicians too, because while we will have all lived through a pandemic by the time the book is released, we will not all have lived through a pandemic on the front lines. And maybe people will be more interested in seeing some of how that plays out. A hundred percent, a hundred percent came through perfectly. Yeah, she's a good editor. Because <laughs> originally, I mean, I, but you're a good writer. Yeah. Don't don't sell yourself short. That's hard. Well, yeah, I I am really glad that we made the changes. And also, my editor was pretty influential in the ending because the original ending of the book that I wrote pre-COVID was more medically plausible, but a lot more grim. And even before COVID happened, my editor said, "Absolutely not." <laughs> she's like, "You need to end this." on a note of hope and optimism and give your readers like a little break here. And so I did change the ending and she was absolutely right that this ending is much better. So there's um like, this is like almost like a, a it's very fleshed out. And um, a, another thing that really just kind of worked was how the characters sort of connected through all the chaos and then you know you see characters from previous books you know what's what's going on um a little bit and um it really you know it the sense i got from the people i knew in the medical field was in a way it was kind of all hands on deck like you heard about these people who hadn't worked in a while coming back and you know just like i mean it just sounded exhausting but then at the same time you know and with like the rest of us you'd catch these glimpses of your friends doing things and how they were doing and knowing that they weren't doing well um did you bring some of like that experience did you go back to the medical fields during COVID did you bring some of that experience into writing this book Yes and no. I was corresponding with a lot of people. For all of my books, I crowdsource whatever specialty the characters are. So I was actually communicating with a lot of emergency medicine doctors pre-COVID and then throughout COVID um, because we revised the book in the very early part of 2020. Um, I think I didn't actually finish the, the final draft of it till like maybe May or something. Um, so I was reading a lot of anguished letters from people who were, you know, hardly ever seeing their families and showering in their garages. And, you know, we're just seeing death after death after death after death in those early days. And also the, the real life virus at that time was so bewildering and different from what we were used to. Um, so I was getting a lot of feedback from all kinds of specialties, actually, at that point. I was not in the emergency department myself anymore. I did offer to go back and um, wound up actually volunteering in some capacities, including later on, during I would uh, volunteer in vaccine clinics. Um, but I wasn't working as a full-time emergency medicine doctor anymore and haven't for several years, which actually made me feel kind of like a little bit useless and bittersweet. You know, I of course didn't want, to, I didn't really want to be 
um, you know, putting my life at risk and, and enduring all that. But at the same time, I, I really wanted to help my colleagues and help the patients, you know, it was such a terrible time back then. It really was. Um, and were, were you were you concerned when the book came out, how the reception was going to be? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I think there are kind of two receptions for this book. Um, so one is the like critical attention paid by reviewers and so forth. And that actually turned out to be really positive And it got starred reviews from all the big things and um, some news outlets covered it. And people seem to think it you know, it resonated with people that read it, but it was really hard to get people to read it. And I, I understand like, wow, do we ever have severe pandemic fatigue now and at the time of the release of this poor book. So I think it, it was kind of a, you know, uphill battle to get anybody interested in it. And I understand. But it really did get some good reception. I mean, like I said, like, I, I don't know if you read your Goodreads reviews or if you're just like, don't, don't read those. <laughs> yeah. I, but, you know, I mean, every now and then you'd get like a too soon, you know, and I mean, you are far from the first pandemic book to unfortunately have been released during a pandemic. It's just that yours isn't science fiction, which or horror, which I think worked in the favor of, uh, you know, genre readers. But I, it really did get, you know, a lot of people were like, at first I said, oh, no, not another pandemic book. But it really was a cathartic read. It was, you know, it humanized a lot of, you know, the what was going on. It made me, you know, feel like like that, like with that need for connection that people had back then. It's I mean, I, I don't want to say that there's like a nostalgia for it because it was horrible but it was like this weird Stockholm syndrome where like <laughs> you were sympathizing with like that virus yourself yeah. and you know like you you well that's a good point like you would so... but you would you know you would reach out to your friends and the one thing you could say is that you would you would like look at someone through your your screen through zoom or through facetime and it would be like yeah i know yeah i know this is awful um and setting a book and having the rotating perspectives and having these three women who you know had like a closeness and have all this stuff going on it felt very natural and again you know we all kept talking about oh you know the the front the people on the front line it really was um, a cathartic read. I, you're not going to please everybody. A pandemic book post global pandemic is a challenge, but I believe it was met. Well, and the that's kind of the beauty of fiction. Also, is that okay? Yes, now we can all empathize with the characters in real life, maybe in a way we could not have before the pandemic. But also, in fiction the author controls the events. And so there was something oddly satisfying about, um, for instance, I made up the socio-political response to the virus in the book. <laughs> That's one of the things that we talked about. Should we change this to be more reflective right. of reality? And ultimately, <laughs> I didn't know. 
let's leave it the way I originally wrote it as kind of a, um, you know, what might have been scenario. What might have been different if we had all been more unified in our response, if we had been less combative and hostile to one another, if, you know, if certain governmental and political and societal things had happened a certain way, what how how would the outcome have been different? And it's, you know, it's obviously not a real life comparison because for one thing, the virus in the book is very deadly. You know, you have a high chance of dying or developing this terrible post-viral sequelae in the book. Um, and so that did unify people more. They were more frightened of the virus. What I didn't see coming in real life, of course, was people not believing that the virus was real or not believing it could affect them or have any long-term consequences or whatever, you know, that the government was controlling it or any of the things that actually happened in real life. So it was kind of satisfying in a way to have like the president of the United States in the book is a very scientifically literate, compassionate woman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. Good, right? <laughs> yeah, no, that, uh, that, definitely um added uh something to it um and i felt i, I guess it, it it felt man it's so weird to think that real life didn't feel grounded <laughs> <laughs> yes, fiction, fiction seems more real sometimes than real life at the yeah and this you know it, it's funny when you said that i was like yeah actually you know i was so like I was so engrossed in um, the relationships between the cat that I like, I'm like, yeah, actually, yeah, that, that did feel almost like its own fiction <laughs> in, a, in a way, but um, more grounded. And I guess it, you know, um, gave a little bit more support where, again, people I know who were working in the field would be told by like their neighbors, like this is a hoax. And they were like, people are dying in my unit and I'm not even just talking about the patients. So uh, yeah, that's, um, I don't, I don't know that anybody saw that coming. <laughs> so um, anyway, um, do you, so going forward, would you, would you do um, another book with some of these characters um, is medical fiction um still in your wheelhouse do you do you think you would um try um another book and try not to predict the future <laughs> i know everybody asks me what are you writing about next <laughs> um yeah so i do love writing medical fiction and my three novels thus far have been spinoffs of one another so they're not a series exactly but a minor character in one book will become the protagonist of the next book kind of thing. And so I just finished a fourth manuscript, which is actually wildly different from my first three. It is um, not exactly the same genre. It has four narrators, three of whom are men. It revolves around the biotechnology and financial industries. And there's a really significant two significant crimes, including a murder. And so it's very different from my other books, but there is a recurring character from the other books in it. So it is part of the same fictional universe in a way. And then I'm thinking now that the book I write after that one will probably go back to these same um, female characters 
this group of seven women who were all friends in medical school and who have variously rotated through being the main character in my books. So there's one more I want to write with that series. Yeah, I like the idea of, um, you know, like what a lot of uh, you and a lot of authors are doing now is having like these um, orbiting universes almost where (laughs) they're not direct sequels, but the characters you know like somebody who's a minor character becomes a major character and in a way like if you if you enjoyed the writing and you enjoyed aspects of that universe it's still there but you don't necessarily have to remember exactly what happened in the last book to you know it's not like a direct sequel but um it's a very cozy universe um, it does present yeah. a challenge though i have discovered for writers which is um, it's really easy to mess up a timeline that way or to introduce some like logical impossibility when you're not keeping really close track of that. And I don't keep really close track of that. So I'm sure I'm going to, somebody's going to age dramatically, you know, like 10 years in a month or something in one of these books eventually, and I'm just going to have to deal with the fallout. (laughs) Did you, um, so did you find writing another book with the multiple perspectives and everything just the way like as as much as it was with this did you think that that helped you with the one that you're coming out with now yeah so I mean you kind of get into a little bit of craft question here how do you how do writers write you know do we outline do we fly by the seat of our pants and um, I'm definitely a seat of your pants person and so I don't outline and um, I don't exactly know what's going to happen <laughs> in a given book at first. And I, I think all of my books, all of my books have had at least two points of view in them. Um, but the one I just finished has the most at four and, and the most different from me. So it was a little bit more of a technical challenge, but I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. You went from like three to four, right? <laughs> Is what you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. And men too. And men that work in fields in which I do not work. Um, so in this, this next book, one of the guys is a um, commodities trader in Asia on an open outcry market in the 1990s, which obviously is not something I have done or know anything about. So I had to, I had to really immerse myself in that for a while to, to understand it. Um, and then somebody else is in the present day biotech industry, which has a lot of um, not only biotechnology in it, but a lot of um, actually quantum physics and computing stuff tied into it too. So those are things I am interested in, but didn't know much about and had to learn a little bit about to be able to write. Was it hard, um, learning about it? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't say I know very much still, but, um, I did enjoy the process. I actually really am a science nerd and like reading about that kind of thing. Yeah. It's a, it's really interesting. I mean, I'm, thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, that's definitely a book I'm going to want to read. Oh, thank um, you. You might be the only one, but thank you. <laughs> um, so thank you again. This was um, great. Thank you for writing a book. Thank you for pushing through and continuing to publish a book about a pandemic, post-pandemic or uh, during um, the pandemic. And we hope to hear more from you very, very soon. It's really nice to talk to you again. Thank you. Absolutely. So once again, this is Jessica from Sayasa Libraries Turn the Page podcast. Our guest today was Kimberly Martin. And we are going to close this chapter of Turn the Page.
it's time to close this chapter of Turn the Page. Join us for the next episode. Thank you.